Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. There you go. Thank you. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them to the book of Ephesians. We've been going through a series in Ephesians, just going through, just kind of passage by passage, and we're calling it In Christ, and Brenda just almost preached my sermon. Great job. I just, could just go home now. We're not, but we could. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and really kind of the theme of the book of Ephesians is who we are where? In Christ. Yeah. Who we are in Christ. Now, how many of you guys like mystery stories? Anyone like mystery stories? How many of you guys like treasure hunt stories or movies? Anybody's big fans of the National Treasure movie series? I love those. Uh, Indiana Jones, a little gorier, but, you know, still fun. Well, I came across an article that was talking about a treasure that was found in July of 2011. There was a Hindu temple in southern India, kind of around where Al and I went. And I'm not even trying to say the name because it's really long, but this is a picture of it. This was considered the wealthiest temple in the world. And people knew it was very ornate. You can see, and if you look in the next picture, you can kind of see the gold uh, background and all that on it. Huge temple. People have been going in and out. Um, it was over 150 years old. And, or about, yeah, 150 years old. About 12 years ago, they decided they were going to start exploring some of the empty rooms in this temple. And you know what they found? Vast treasures that had never been known. Check this out. The treasure was worth over $24 billion, with a B, billion dollars, in these rooms that had never been opened because nobody opened them. They were afraid of curses that were in there, you know, the whole Indiana Jones thing. And then they came up on another door. It was solid metal and had, I didn't show it because it was really creepy, pictures of these big cobras on the side of it. No one had ever opened this door. They said behind that door, they believe there's enough treasure in there to take the toll to over $1 trillion, T, trillion. People had been walking by this temple for 150 years and never knew all that treasure was there. The family that owned it kind of said, wow. <laughs> they were excited about it. They kind of managed it. And you know, in the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about this treasure that we have in Christ that many of us have been walking around with and not even realizing. And that treasure is who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. A lot of us Go around living lives like we're defeated, but the truth is we live in victory where? In Christ, right? And so, yeah, pretty crazy that that was there. So Ephesians chapter 3, if you want to open your Bibles there, we're going to start in verse 1. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, if you hit the More and then Events tab, it's right there. You can look for our zip code. All the notes are in there. Sorry, I'm trying to have a cough drop so I don't cough into the microphone. So I'm kind of moving it around as I talk. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, we're going to go through verse 11, or 13, sorry, 13. Paul says this, when I think of all this, he's talking about how the Jews and the Gentiles had been joined in Christ, and God was building them as the body of Christ, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, like we talked about two weeks ago. He says, when I think about all this, what God has done, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you, who? The Gentiles. At this point, Paul's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to us. I'm assuming we're not of Jewish descent in here. He's talking to us, the Gentiles, right? And then he stops. And so the rest of this chapter is kind of a, 
a parenthetical chapter, you see this ellipsis here. He kind of stops and he takes a step back and he says, assuming, by the way, do you know that God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles? As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed this mysterious plan to me. You like that? The mysterious plan. God revealed this mysterious plan to me. As you read what I've written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. But God didn't reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he's revealed it to his holy apostles and his prophets. And this is God's plan. He's telling us what this mystery is. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Did you catch that? He said, through Christ, all of us have the promises God made to who? To the Jews. So as we're reading our Bibles, have you ever done this? You're reading through the Old Testament, you see all the promises God made to the Jewish people, and you think, wow, how cool would that be? We now have that through Christ. We've been joined together. We're all one in Christ, right? He said, this is that mystery. We share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promises of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 7, by God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. I know there's a lot there to look at this morning. So we're going to kind of take this little chunk by chunk here. But Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning and help us to know who we are in you. And Lord, I know you're talking to some of us in this room. You're talking to some of us watching online about who we are because we've let the world tell us who we are. And Lord, today you want to tell us who we are in Christ. And thank you for what you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. So what do we do here? What do we take through this passage? And this mystery that Paul talked about, this is not something that no one could find out. This mystery is something that was hidden by God in times past and is revealed to those of us who are in his family. So what is this secret? Well, this mystery that Paul talks about was important to Paul. This mystery was important because this mystery is what Paul was giving his life for. This mystery was why Paul was in prison. Paul was in chains because of this. Paul was willing to give his life so that people would know who they are. So Paul referred to himself in this chapter several times as a prisoner. Paul said, I am a prisoner for your sake. Paul was a powerful force in the Jewish religion. Paul was a guy who was coming up through the ranks, right? He was a rock star in the Jewish religion, and he gave that all up to tell others about Christ. When he was converted, when Paul got, it's an incredible story if you're reading the book of Acts, Paul was riding down the road with some friends of his, and God literally knocked him off of his horse. That's why I ride motorcycles. They don't kick you off. If you come off a motorcycle, it's your fault, right? But Paul gets knocked off his horse, he gets blinded by this bright light, and the Lord audibly speaks to him. The guys around him, it was so loud, they thought it was thunder. And when Paul gives his life to Christ, Paul tells them, 
something. In Acts 26, he's telling the story. It'll be up here on the screen. It says, about noon, he was talking to the king. As I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Some of us need to hear that, don't we? It's useless to fight against his will. I did it for a long time. Who are you, Lord? I asked, and the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people what you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. And listen to this. I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and the power of Satan to God. Then they'll receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. So Paul was given this job. You're going to go to the Gentiles. And to Paul, that was like, whoa, wait a minute. No, 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 no. (laughs) That is not who I am. I'm Jewish. I'm going to the Jews. And God sent him to the Gentiles. And when he did that, you know what the Jewish people said? Well, you don't like Jewish people. And so Paul got arrested for doing that. For going and doing what God asked him to do. So guys, Paul was willing to stand for what he knew was right. Paul was willing to even be persecuted for doing what he knew he was supposed to be doing. And guys, all of us have to make that decision, right? Am I willing to to be called names by my friends because I'm a Christian? Am I willing to maybe be passed over to get invited to parties because I'm a Christian? Am I willing to do whatever it takes to tell people the good news? Am I willing to be laughed at? Am I willing to be mocked? Paul was. Paul was even willing to go to prison. And you know what's funny? He probably could have gotten out of prison if he had recanted. But he chose not to. He chose to go all the way to Rome. And when they were trying to decide if Gentiles could come to faith, Paul stood up against his friends and told, this is what God has told me. Paul was willing to do what he was supposed to do. So he calls himself a prisoner of Christ for the benefit of you Gentiles. And then he also called himself a minister. Paul referred to himself as a minister. And guess what everyone in this room and everyone watching online is? Guess what you are? You're a minister. Now, some are saying, whoa, I'm not getting up there and doing what you're doing. You don't have to. Because God calls us all to do different things, but we're all ministers. We're all called. God has put you where you are to reach people that I can't. God has put you where you are to reach people that no one else can Some of you are on football teams or basketball teams or soccer teams or softball teams. And God puts you in that locker room, in that bus, on that team to talk to people. Those of you who work, God has put you there to be a light. Those of you who are raising kids, God has appointed you to raise those kids. Because you know what? There are kids that I can't talk to. There are kids that Amber can't talk to. There are kids that our, our kids team can't talk to, but you can because they're yours. God has given us all a job. Paul said he was given a special responsibility of telling the Jews and the Gentiles about Christ. And everywhere Paul went, he raised up churches. Everywhere Paul went, he started telling people, he caused ruckuses you would not believe. He caused riots. There were people, the Bible says they were there, they didn't even know what they were there for. They were just mad. There were people who were mad about Paul and they didn't know why. But he said, I am a minister And his job wasn't just to to make converts. His job was to make disciples. And guys, our job is to make disciples. And so guys, (laughs) I just want you to hear this. Sometimes doing the right thing is going to cause us hardships. 
Sometimes doing what God has called us to do is going to cost us something. Sometimes we have to give up friends. Sometimes we have to give up time. Sometimes we have to give up hobbies. And you know, um, I told you guys this story, but I know Amy and I were, were pastoring a, a small church in Colorado. And before that, we had been on staff at this church. We, it was great. Everything was going well. And we knew God was telling us it was time to leave just through a series of events. And the place God sent us, we had literally driven through when we were moving. We said, wow, what a terrible town. Like, I kid you not. I was like, who would ever want to live? If you're going to live in Colorado, live in the mountains, man. It's beautiful there. You know, and this was, it was like Kansas flat at this place, but it was dry like Colorado. It was amazing. There were scorpions and tarantulas and all kinds of things. And so we were driving through, and we were moving out to our, our place on the west side. We're like, wow, what a sad little place. And then, you know, we told our district we were leaving the church. We felt like God was telling us it was time to move. And he said, hey, I've got this church. I want you to come be interim pastors. And I said, no, thank you. I've been there. I don't want to go back. And he said, you know, think about it. Pray about it. I said, I will, but I'm not. I'm not going, you know. And through a series of events, God told us, and then, you know, they kept calling. And so we went. And it was one of the toughest year and a half we have ever had in our lives. It was tough on our families. It was tough on our finances. It was tough on our marriage. It was tough on our, our minds. I mean, it was rough. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that for anything. Because I knew God told me to be there. And God taught us things there that he could never teach us anywhere else. And he was preparing us for what we're doing now. God was preparing us. He was putting us through a boot camp because we had said, Lord, show us what you want us to do. And he said, okay, <laughs> be ready. And some of you have done that. You're saying, Lord, show me what's next. And he's saying, okay, you're ready, right? And so sometimes it costs us something. But we have to keep our perspective because suffering doesn't necessarily mean you're outside God's will. Suffering doesn't necessarily mean you've done something wrong. It might mean you've done something exactly right. You know where Paul was writing this letter? From prison. How many laws had Paul broken? Zero. He was there because he was doing the right thing. So guys, some of you are in seasons of suffering, and you need to hear this. It doesn't necessarily mean you've done something wrong. You might have. You might be suffering from your own bad choices. I've been there, right? But you might be there because you've done something exactly right, and God's getting you ready for what's next. So that was just a side note. So this mystery is important to Paul, but it's also important to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are starting to realize the new promises that were available to him. And I love, like I said, Brenda just preached this. This morning, they found these new promises that were available to them in Christ. Because if you were Gentile to come to the Lord, at that point you had to go through circumcision. Who wants to do that? Nobody. Right? If you were a guy, nobody wanted to do that. You had to live like a Jewish person. So they were finding these new promises that were available to them in Christ. <laughs> I love this quote I found from a, um, a commentator I was reading as I was preparing this. He said, our human birth determines our racial distinctions, but our spiritual birth unites us as members of the same body. Christ is the head, and each individual member shares in the ministry. So they're finding these new promises because they're part of God's family. And guys, when you come to Christ, you become part of God's family, and you have a place. And I know some of us feel like we're really not that talented. You know, we hear guys up here on the worship team. We see people doing the technology part. We say, I, I can't even run my phone. You know, I can't sing. I, you know, people tell me to sing quieter when I'm in places. I've been there. You know, people are like, you should stop. Like, <laughs> I had a friend that was trying to teach me how to sing. He said, you just need to speak to speaking. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't try singing anymore. It's like, okay. So 
But we don't always feel like we have a part, but God has a part for each and every one of us. And we'll talk about that here probably in the next week or two as we get deeper into Ephesians. But God has something for you. He has gifted you for a purpose. He's given you gifts, and he says we all have a part. And they realize there's a new power available to them. When God called Paul to do the ministry, he empowered him to do that ministry. And each of us has that power available to us through Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. When he says that God has called him, he says the mighty power of God. If you read the, the Greek words, it talks about like a dynamic energy. It's this power God gives us that rises to meet those needs. God has empowered you through the Holy Spirit. That's what we talk about, praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talk about praying for the empowerment to do the work God has called us to do because he's not going to just send you out on your own and leave you. That's a good thing, right? He gives you the empowerment to do what he's called you to do. He wants to give you the power to be that witness. You know, I know when I worked at the prison, you know, they would say, you know, you, you have the authority to do these things, but not these things. You know, so if you see an inmate doing something bad, you know, write him up, give him a slip and tell him he's done the wrong thing. And then we would send him to court in the prison. A lot of times they would get off. See what we would start doing? <sighs> Why even bother, right? Because we didn't feel like we were empowered. But the Holy Spirit has given you that power to do what you're called to do. He's given you the ability and the empowerment to do what you're supposed to do. That mighty power that resurrected Christ from the dead is available to each and every one of us. And that's what Paul was saying, like, like the people at that temple we talked about. They walked past this enormous treasure every single day and didn't know it. Paul's saying we have a power available to us, but a lot of us act like we don't even have it. We live our lives like we're not empowered to do what God's called us to do, but we are. There was a new power available to the Gentiles, and then he said there was a new treasure available to them. Paul said he was called to talk about the endless treasure. Um, some translations in verse... Chapter 2, verse 7, call it unfathomable and exceeding riches available to us. That is in Christ. He says, this inheritance that we have in Christ is amazing. You know, some of you guys, you're kind of waiting for an inheritance from your parents or your grandparents. You know, you ever have that? Like, you know, when I die, this is going to be yours, right? You ever have that? Christ has given us that now. That inheritance in Christ now. And Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. He said, I'm the least one available to bring and give you this. His word, the name Paul in Greek actually means little. So I think it was kind of a play on words. Paul saying, I'm the littlest of all the apostles, the least of all of them. But I love this quote. I found it says, understanding the deep truths of God's word does not give a man a big head. It gives him a broken and contrite heart. When we know who we are in Christ, it breaks us because we realize what he's done for us, Right? So we have this power available to us. We have this treasure available to us. And lastly, this mystery is important to those in the heavenly places. And this is kind of fun. If you have your Bibles, look again. If you look down in verse 10, God's purpose in this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, and he carried it out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, the church, when I say church, capital C church, all of us together, the church displays God's glory to the world. Did you know that? God is using you guys as the church to show the world and the angels what it means to be one in Christ. How many of you know if you go out somewhere, if you go to a club 
a certain club, what are you going to find? People the same age, same social class, same gender, right? A lot of times, what is the church? What is the church made up of? If you look around this room, we all look a lot different, don't we? There's younger people, there's older people, people with more hair, people with less hair, right? We're all different, but we're all here in Christ. It's really fun. If you've ever had a chance to go to these Lenten lunches, they're a lot of fun because they're all different, right? People worship Jesus differently. They think of Jesus differently, but we're all together there for Jesus. So the church shows God's glory to the world. Another commentator says this, The church becomes a mirror through which the bright ones of heaven see the glory of God. And in order to show them this glory, God committed the gospel to Paul to tell us. The world sees us working together and they realize there's something to this. Have any of you guys had the chance to watch that movie, um, Jesus Revolution? Incredible movie. It's, about, it's a true story about the Jesus people, the hippies that were coming to Jesus in the 60s, in the 70s. And it's kind of fun because most of us here know somebody who came through that. Uh, Dwayne Grider, one of our missionaries, was actually a hippie that got saved. He was kind of showing some pictures on Facebook. It was really fun. I think he's still a hippie, but so we tell him. But he, he actually came through that. And the funny thing was the church coming together showed people that this was something real. Because they would see hippies sitting in the same church with someone in a suit. It was kind of fun. And they said, there's got to be something to this. And guys, that's what God is doing through us today. When people see the church working together, they see God's glory. The church displays the eternal plan of God. It was an intricate plan. The cross, guys, was not a backup plan. The cross was the plan from the beginning. How many of you guys know that Christ knew you before you were even formed in the womb? The Bible says before we were even formed in the womb, God knew us. And he loved us. And he planned, the Father planned the cross so you could come to Christ because he knew we were going to blow it. Isn't that good to know? God factored in my mistakes when he created the world. He knew I was going to blow it, right? He knew you were going to blow it. He knew we were going to mess up. So God factored the cross in. And that was his plan. And the funny thing is Satan thought he won, right? Satan gets Jesus on the cross. He's like, all right, now we're done. And then Sunday came. And he realized he blew it, <laughs> right? That was God's plan. And the church has the privilege of approaching the Father. Guys, I love these last two lines of this passage it says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come, how? Boldly to the throne. We can come boldly into God's presence. Guys, we can come boldly into God's presence. You now, through Christ, have the ability to come to Christ on your own. Isn't that cool? I don't have to pray for you. You don't have to go ask someone to, to pardon your sins. You can do that through Christ. We have access to the Father through Christ. He says we can come boldly to the throne. Isn't that fun? Guys, that's who we are in Christ. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come back up this morning. I hope you're getting this. I know this was a lot to digest, especially on a time change Sunday. I know some of us are really struggling today. I was actually going to bring like a popcorn bucket down and say, fill this with coffee. I need this today. That hour kind of kills you, doesn't it? And we always stay up later, you know, oh yeah, it's not going to hurt anything. Yeah, it does. But guys, I want you to understand who you are in Christ. You are not a mistake. You're not a backup plan. And guys, I, I think God is talking to some of you about what he's calling you to do, like he did with Paul. 
I think God is preparing some of you today for something new. So if you're physically able, would you stand this morning? So we can't forget our standing in Christ. That's what I want you to take out of this today. How do you apply this? Don't forget who you are in Christ. Don't let the world tell you who you are. Allow Christ to tell you who you are. The cross tells us who we are in Christ. Don't allow circumstances to make us bitter or miss out on what God is calling us to do. Don't allow circumstances to make you think you've done something wrong necessarily because God might be preparing you for what's next. Paul said, don't lose heart because of me. I'm here for you so you'll know who you are in Christ. So Lord, I pray this morning you would help each and every one of us to know who we are in Christ. Help us to know our standing in you. Help us to know the riches available to us in our relationship with you and that power available to us in that relationship. So Lord, I pray for each and every one of us in this room today. Lord, if there are some of us here today and and we're struggling, we feel like maybe we're forgotten because we're going through a hardship, or maybe we feel like we're a mistake. We feel like everything we're doing is in vain. Lord, help us to know who we are in you and that you have a plan for us, that we're a part of this incredible body of Christ for a reason. Lord, for here today, and we've kind of forgotten who we are. We've allowed the world to tell us who we are. Help us to know the value that you give each and every one of us today. Lord, help us not to lose heart 